And I made this massive mistake of like looking on all of the hacking forums because we try and monitor them to see, you know, if any exploits are coming out about our game and, you know, what people have found and ways they're getting around our systems. And this like really aggressive money exploit like propped up at like 3.30 a.m. and I just saw it and I was like, I've got to deal with this now, otherwise there will be no economy tomorrow morning left in the game. Welcome to Player to Creator, where I speak with some of the most successful Roblox developers and artists, finding out how they got started and the skills you need to make the front page. Block Evolution is one of the UK's most successful game studios for Roblox, with over 50 million players across their games, from heists to simulators to tycoons they know something about taking a game from the idea stage all the way to release. I sat down with John and Alex to talk about their first experiences of Roblox, their friendly rivalry at university, and how they stopped hackers from ravaging their game. Alex and John, welcome to this second episode of Players to Creators. We are in Munich on a very hot day, but we are going to be inside for probably all of it. Oh, it's going to be great. Um, Us programmers taking a full opportunity of the sun. <laughs> yep, curtains are officially drawn, darkened room. Yeah. Um, how are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, thank you. Oh, it's all great. It's it's morning, so I'm just, I'm just about with it. We had a continental breakfast. <laughs> yeah, lots um, of coffee. Lots of coffee, lots of scrambled eggs yeah. with butter. With butter. Um, Can't forget that. And yeah, we're just going to talk about uh, how you guys started on Roblox and and this the successes that you've built up into this sort of empire of games that you now have. <laughs> so um, taking it, I guess, to the very, very beginning of your guys' relationship, uh, you met at university. Yeah, we uh, met originally in first year. We saw each other and it was right at the start of one of the lectures, which was quite amusing. Um, and John had really long hair and I was like, ah. <laughs> oh. Someone similar to me, <laughs> once upon a time. I also and, have long hair. Yeah, well, it's not, not them, but yeah, it was quite funny. And we just chatted about random things. Then, and then, yeah. Yeah, you, you. I first clocked you when you beat me in a module, because we were yeah, quite competitive was... during first year. And mm. I was like, who is this guy? And why is he doing better than me? <laughs> um, and I think it was when we got to the second year that we had to partner up for a project or something. And I, we just uh, clocked yes. each other and went, Let's do it. <laughs> I was making some motor out of cardboard. <laughs> cool. Let's compete further. Yeah. <laughs> that was quite funny. And this is robotics, right? You guys are on a robotics course? Yes. Yeah, so we're yeah. Both, both studying robotics at university, um, which was a lot of fun until sort of second year. And then, it, yeah, then, and it then we realised there were bigger and better things and <laughs> the robotics suffered a lot. Yeah. So, mm. what, yeah, so what was it that drew you? Because I remember you saying that the second year got quite theoretical and that being sort of a less of a, a draw for you guys. But was it the kind of that practical element of ma you know, making something that, that drew you to robotics? I think so. I mean, I was just fed up. I wanted to get like, I wanted, I didn't want a job like when I graduated uni. I wanted to do something myself. So I spent all the first year trying to like start my own company with um, like SEO and marketing. Yeah. And I got a fair distance with that and then I sort of had to stop it. Um, and yeah, I was looking for something else, something a bit more engaging and engineering related. So, Maths was boring, yeah. so I wanted to leave and do something else. Because <laughs> yeah. second year was just purely theoretical. We weren't making anything real. It was mm -hmm. just, you know, you'd spend like a week producing pages of maths and then it would just go in the bin at the end of the week and you'd be like, what was that for? Yeah. Um, but Roblox actually ended up being a really good sort of output of all of that pent up energy to sort of create mm. something. And how familiar were you with Roblox as a platform before university? I'd been developing on it for years. Cool. Like eight, nine years constantly. Mm. I'd made games over the summer and made like seven, eight hundred dollars. So I was like, there's a lot of money to be made. 
we need to do something. Mm-hmm. So me and my brother were like tinkering and then we we're like, oh, we need, we need more help. So got John. <laughs> and I actually asked in our like group chat for uni and um, everyone was like, oh, 21 year olds playing Roblox. How silly. Who gets the last laugh, I guess. I <laughs> right. mean. So yeah, no. And then we, we started on Zoo Simulator mm-hmm. um, about five, six weeks before Christmas, uh, two years ago. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. At what point had you guys sort of then like after, after competing against each other been like, Oh, we can we can turn this to our first to our first game. I think it's around my birthday, yeah. October time. Um, we started making plans, and then we sort of started working November. And it only took us about five weeks to make the game completely because we were just working so hard on it. And uni, well, was a se- secondary, <laughs> second, that, yeah, so second priority, second priority, yeah. But yeah, um, I, I got a text from you or something, and it said, "Do you know Lua?" And I was like, "There's a, I only knew of one thing that used Lua," and I was like, "It's it's Roblox." Because I yeah. I joined about the same time Alex had joined. Um, mm. But then I'd left the platform in probably about 2013 and then just gone through like education and pursued all of my, you know, qualifications and exams and stuff like that. Um, and then when I got your text, we sort of like, I started looking mm. at it and I was like, yeah, this is cool. This is something I want to do. And then we, we just sort so of got funny. started on it. And the early days. I remember saying like, oh, could you figure out how to save something using data stores? Because <laughs> I have no idea what one of those is or how it works. <laughs> Like this is hilarious because yeah. we were using what was the old method with let's say data persistence data persistence yeah i was using that up to, so yeah it took us a while but <laughs> we picked up pretty quick what you did for that and yeah come a long way since also how did it feel when that first game launched you said you put it took five weeks to get the base game developed yeah um and then the, the traction that, that began to get what was that like oh it was hilarious cause it was quite funny yeah we, we we didn't know what to expect because mm. this was my first like foray into like proper like full-on development yeah. um and we released it and it sort of didn't have much going on to start with four or five hundred people playing i mean like, the game i'd made zombie defense tycoon or something like that over the summer had like up to like 200 playing and i was like wow this is amazing <laughs> so yeah zoo got to like four or five hundred i was like what on earth have we done <laughs> and then it just one week like we've done all this yeah. marketing um i don't know if yeah so we're just by like we because we you know both tried to run business thing we, we knew mm. that marketing was key to getting a product off the ground so we did did a load of marketing we didn't expect anything to come from it and then you were in the gym yeah. i was out on a driving lesson and we started both of those activities about 400 people playing and then mm. by the time i got out of the car from my driving lesson you got out of the gym it was at like four or five thousand yeah. and then rushed <laughs> to the computer i was like yeah. what has happened yeah. <laughs> and then we went we got yeah we got back on our computer and we just watched it go up to like eighteen thousand, and we were like uh-oh what's happened now <laughs> so yeah it's just crazy it was quite funny right and is this at the time where you guys are also still you're still students yeah yeah we're point. still students because one of the great things I, I i loved about um speaking with you before john was the story about um your university giving you this year uh, essentially to pursue oh, we, t- we took the year we're not you framed it so differently yeah, um, yeah no uh, just like the opportunity to just kind of like experiment mm. with running this company for like this whole year um, in between your studies yeah because we we were we started recognising that this was something we could take seriously and really push um, but of course because we're at university you know we'd have to go back full time the year after and it just was like we wanted to really just break away and, and do do the sort of run the company or start start up the company um and we managed to sort of convince the university that as a part mm. of our course we could go away and do this as a placement yeah. scheme and run for um run our own company whereas normally you'd go and work for someone else 
Well, um, you, and you said as well that um, it was hard enough, like just convincing your peers at university that Roblox was like a legit platform. <laughs> did you have that same pushback from like the administrative powers that no. be at university? I imagine <laughs> well, you did, right? Well, it took them time. It took them time. I think that was just general admin because mm. they had never had anyone on our course do this. They had one person about five years before do it with on a computing course with their own company or something. So we were like, yeah, we weren't really common. So yeah. yeah, it just took time in that sense. But I don't think they were like against it in any way. Well, I think they they realized very early on that if we were going to be going out for a year, mm. whether they gave us the placement or not, we were yeah. we were sort of pretty much committed at that point. Mm -hmm. um, so they sort of quickly realized that they would, it would be good for us to still be partnered with them. Um, and, you know, then they'd at least have our experiences to draw on for future people coming out and doing independent placements. But it's worked so well that I'm sure they'd be willing to do it again. Which and you really went back, good. right? Like you, you went back to university afterwards? Um, in September, we're going to. Yeah. You're going back. Up, yeah. You're going yeah. back yeah. to university to finish. Yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> it's, it's going to be yeah. an interesting time because we'll be at university whilst also trying to continue running the business. So yeah. we spent a lot of time planning and trying to work out how we can make both work at the same time and it's it's still going to be chaos but we'll we'll, we'll find a way yeah <laughs> like you've a had lot. a nice like you know long run of releases now to kind of have that routine that you're you're you, you've established yeah we know what we're doing we're just gonna have to work incredibly hard yeah <laughs> we'll be back to like crazy hours yeah so it's gonna be fun how yeah. did you come up with the with the name block evolution uh i mean i started a, it was when i was doing like groups um as in like war clans whatever they're called yeah we always we always had like a technology group on the side so i had one called like nct or something and then um, i was like oh this sounds awful i want something around the like block face because my brother has block face bob i was block face bob and then john was block face steve so i created like block evolution studios i wanted block studios but i couldn't get the group name so i just put uh, evolution on it so that's how that's how block evolution came about originally it wasn't very there wasn't much planning in it um it just sort of happened yeah i randomly typed in a group name and hit create it wasn't it wasn't particularly well thought through we started from our university rooms because all mm. you need is a laptop and internet connection. yeah 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 and then once you got that you're set yeah yeah so if you want to move forward in development you don't you don't need a lot yeah uh, once you've start once you've got a game and you start making some money then you can start thinking about everything else yeah so so when you guys were working zeusim right is your first first one yeah yeah, yeah. Um, at this time uh, the idea of a studio was not in the no, not in the well, works we didn't even think we'd make much money i mean i remember thinking oh there's some money to be made maybe we'll make four or five hundred dollars each maybe we'll make a little bit more that will help we'll be able to go out and buy some drinks <laughs> <laughs> that that was the might the, you know just just something to do you know something we some way to use our skills little did i know it would turn into a business you know? yeah so <laughs> but, at what point sure. were you guys like okay let's let's take this to the next level uh, once it hit eighteen thousand playing i think we were like oh it. there's something here to be yeah there's yeah. well we, we wanted lucrative. to <laughs> one of the important things we did though is we released not long after zoo tycoon or zoo we released um jurassic tycoon mm. and that was to prove to ourselves that it wasn't just a fluke that we could do it again yeah. and make sure that you know this was sustainable in the long term Mm -hmm. um, and thankfully, Jurassic Tycoon all came through really well and followed mm -hmm. up Zoo uh, Simulator's success. So we're like, yeah, okay, we can we can definitely take this forward. Yeah, um, and that was the sort of beginning of our our sort of big master plan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great because you get this you get the success with Zoo Simulator, um, despite the fact that tycoons and simulators are a crowded space on the platform. They right? weren't so back to, then. Like, so yes, yeah, I, I was going to ask you yeah, guys. Yeah. Um, what informed your decision limited. to continue to go forward with, with that kind of a model? 
But it was just easy because we'd built all the back end. We could just re-texture, you know, basically uh, the game, add dinosaurs, use a lot of the same code. Although we rewrote quite a bit. Mm. Um, it was still the similar process. But turning onto the market at the time, because mm. tycoons were, were all, over the, all over the place, but simulators weren't really in existence back then. Yeah. Um, and we had identified, or I think Oliver... It's um, my brother, yeah. Identified a market gap for zoo based games yeah he was looking around he just couldn't find anything with zoo animals i mean there was some stuff but it was just very primitive mm -hmm. so we we're like well let's take advantage <laughs> of that and make something progressive and and tycoon based in that field and also tycoons back then were sort of bricks with touch you know connect events uh, and and you walk around these purple pads and you build your tycoon and we built a gui interface system which i mean i don't think there were many with tycoons it was mm. very very you know we were trying Different, to yeah. we were trying to add our own unique spin, which I yeah. think is a really important like takeaway. Is oh, that definitely. everything you do has to innovate or be different in some mm. way, otherwise it just won't get picked up on the game page. Yeah, um, if it's the same or very similar to something that already exists, people won't really pay much attention to it because they've already got something that works. Mm -hmm. Like be inspired by those big games, but don't necessarily steal from them. Use them as inspiration for something yeah. that's yours. You can do it the same, but if it's a lot better. Mm -hmm. So if, if you've got to be a lot better or a lot different, preferably both. Yeah, that's the way I think. I think what we were, what we were aiming we for. Were, I mean, yeah. we did a tycoon, which had been done before, and we'd done an animal game. I'm sure there were other animal games out there. I mean, there weren't many zoo ones, so we just tried to do it with twists. So you built your tycoon, and then you hunted for animals to put in it. So it's mm -hmm. yeah. Across across different. your years of of working on all the games that you've developed, what was the single hardest day? It's probably oh. zoo heist one, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I think it's probably the the yeah yeah. So when we released Heist One, we had huge data storage issues. So people were losing progress left, right, and center. Like thousands of people yeah. a day were it just losing data. Um, so our inboxes were flooded. Our community was super grumpy. Yeah, it was um, not good. It ruined us for and a while. I didn't really. We couldn't really get to the root of the problem. So we it had a really, of, yeah. really long days in the office just trying to solve these problems. So it was about 3 a.m. We'd sort of finished with all of our like data store work. And we're like, we're going to call it a night. And I made this massive mistake of like looking on all of the hacking forums because we try and monitor them to see, you know, if any exploits are coming out about our game and, you know, what people have found and ways they're getting around our systems. And this like really aggressive money exploit like propped up at like 3.30 a.m. and I just saw it and I was like, I've got to deal with this now, otherwise there will be no economy tomorrow morning left in the mm. game. Um, so then I just had to like, I was so close to bed as well. Um, and I got out and I just worked on it until 6 a.m. in the morning. It was just, it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, people were selling the in-game currency for like pay, uh, on PayPal, well not on PayPal, but using dollars. So there was a whole like black market going on. It was absolutely yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, how do you how do you deal with those kinds of just those you, threats? You, you have to yeah. shut it down pretty hard and pretty fast because yeah. if you if you don't catch it, then because our game because it's all based on stealing and there's a certain amount of money in the world, we want to make sure that the economy's balanced and everybody's got the right amount of cash. It's almost ironic that heists was yeah. stolen yeah. from. Yeah. Yeah. Heist. yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. it, it definitely the problem with it is because it was all about hacking and stealing and Prestige. robbery. Yeah. It was really quite attractive to all the people that because mm. there's quite a demographic for people who hack Roblox games. So there's mm. tend to be sort of more the older age group um, that like shooting games. So 
we had them all in our game to start with and they were all trying and they were getting through um, really quite quickly because we we were still quite new to development at that stage. Yeah, we, we didn't, really know, we didn't really know what we were doing. The first autosave we'd built was overwriting. Like, it, it was, yeah, interesting. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, definitely shutting them down hard and just trying to mm. move everything server-side as much as you can um, is the way to do it. But yeah. you've Did got you ever to... get to like, messaging any of these people? They would reach no, out to no. us. Just actually. like taunting kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, they would yeah. try and like say, hey, we can fix your problem if you give us cash. And I was like, this is, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to either fix it or we'll work yeah. out. I'm going to gamble and challenge you on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just rebuilt all the remote events. That that was basically the problem. It was all just remote events. And mm. once we stretched all of those properly, everything Got was fine. It. But it was our early days. We still, really, you know, still didn't le- know the learning curve for. was, yeah. Yeah, a long, long way off. But thank God, thank goodness we did that. And yeah. um, Heist 2, because we did a follow-up, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, straight after. Or no, after we'd done Vet um, Simulator, because we were like, well, we can do this better. And it, it was miles better uh, in terms of, like, technicality. But mm. overall, like, the amount we've learned, we would, like, the project we're doing at the moment, we would not be able, we wouldn't even be able to come close to what we're doing if we hadn't done those games. Well, and better to come across those kinds of uh, threats earlier on Right, sure, uh, sure. And then, then like a, late, a later oh. game and that oh, yeah, yeah, really sabotage it. So you had that good exposure at least to that. Yeah. Even though it was trying at 3 a.m., <laughs> yeah. 6 a.m. I mean, yeah, it was tough, but, you know, you've got to, got to do what you got to do. If you You're better for it now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's worth it. Yeah. Um, and so okay, I guess one of the other kind of unique sort of points uh, about you guys in comparison to a lot of other devs, uh, especially like in the UK and Europe, is you have a physical workplace that's not just sort of like your home is you have an office yeah um how did that decision come about we were pretty fed up of skype <laughs> yeah i mean, I mean in, in my second year house my bed was about two feet from my table and i had a spinny chair and i could go back two feet and i'd hit my bed and then i go forward again and i had a massive like one of these ultra wide monitors and i couldn't get far enough away from it and my eyes were just I, I couldn't mm-hmm. code. You could code. You could code until six a.m. and then literally fall into bed. From I could, yeah, I could code on a very small portion of the screen that I could see. The rest of it was just off in the horizon. <laughs> so I was like, I need to get further away from this monitor. My bed's in the way. I need a bigger room. I could, yeah, I couldn't cope. Deeper desk. So yeah, we were like, well, let's find somewhere proper. Let's get. We we ended up making our own desk, which was quite funny. Because yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, we had a little round. We just couldn't find the desk we wanted. So we could bought loads of um, MDF. And some pine struts, and we built these desks, which is like total of fourteen feet long. It's huge, <laughs> so big. But um, yeah, twenty no. monitors, just in various combinations, <laughs> think, like Lego cubes. You're laughing. How many? We've got like eight, I think, monitors. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's, it's like a whole wall of monitors. It's hilarious. Yeah, but um, it's brilliant. The other thing that like working in an office has helped us with is like productivity and communication because. Mm. On Skype, Alex would be like, there's a problem. And then it's like, can you see it? And I'm like, no, I can't see the problem. And we, mm. we'd have like 15 minutes of back and forth and we realize it's a replication issue that yeah. only Alex can see and I can't. Yeah. Um, whereas now that we've moved into the office, he can just point at the screen and get that. And Come I go, here. <laughs> ah, yes, I see. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it it's all unanchored and broken. I'll, <laughs> I'll fix it later. Yeah, we used to <laughs> try and do screen share and it was awful and like try and explain. So yeah, that's definitely helped us productive, productive, productivity. <laughs> yeah. How are you going to balance that when you go back in September to university? Uh, with difficulty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we'll probably just end up doing like weekdays 
on uni work for me anyway and then probably be about six hours a day because don't you have, you have a story as well about being kicked out of a library at university when you the first time around because <laughs> um, you were working in in the the library yeah so we were trying to plan out um heists ui in uh, the library yeah, on the we whiteboard because <laughs> we didn't we didn't have a whiteboard or any like shared space to really like plan mm. anything out so we we're like yeah let's go to the library and, and we're sat ourselves down. a den in the corner <laughs> of like tons of stuff chairs like chairs, tables huge wheelie whiteboards tv we had all this like connected up to like laptops yeah, yeah. it was quite funny and library like, campfire going with yeah. pages ripped from books oh it was crazy sort of, yeah. and we just like noisily <laughs> figuring things yeah, out I'm just having they came over like <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> planning <laughs> we're making money we did yeah exactly come on they were just like out <laughs> so, yeah as soon as we got our office we'd um yeah immediately bought a huge whiteboard and invested in that sort of thing so that definitely sped up planning. The whiteboard is my baby. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I use it a lot. I don't as much. So, I mean, there, there are obviously a lot of developers on Roblox who mm-hmm. are both working on their game and also have this student kind of occupation. And they would also consider the student thing to be like the side thing while they're like working on their game. Um, you yeah. guys have now experienced both uh, working as students with the game as you were developing and, and first coming up with the idea for the studio. You've experienced working full-time on a game what are your top tips for managing that balance? Um, spot burnout, because yeah. you can as soon as you realise that you're approaching burnout, you're you're definitely less productive. And if you take a weekend off and then you come into Monday fresh, you'll find you'll be much more productive than if you try and power through Monday and like mm-hmm. crank work out. Like that's my advice. Yeah, I mean, I found the ultimate solution is just cut it back slightly overall. So you, you're running the marathon as opposed to doing lots of little sprints with breaks, um, and that's pretty much what we've been doing like the last few months. Um, and that's worked pretty well. So I'm going to try and do that next year with uni on the side. And I'll probably keep uni to like weekdays, like I was saying, and then weekends and, and weekday evenings, you know, working on the business. So it's probably going to be six hours of uni and then sort of get back to the office, six hours of game development and then other things. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty hectic, I suppose. And bring friends in as well. Get mm. lots of people to come and work because I think Zoo Tycoon or Zoo Simulator wouldn't have come about um, without both of us working on it if it it was just alex or just me it really wouldn't have come together as well as it had so for sure pick up friends and then that can help distribute the workload and you're much it's also productivity like as soon as one of us is in the office we we go down quite a bit because it's just having someone show things to you like oh look what i've made and you're so proud of yourself (laughs) it's true even on like our level like it's we're still it's subconsciously you know you're doing that thing of course yeah and you and you don't want to let like the other person down so and you're working towards a goal together so the productivity just shoots up and Um, even on the on the macro level of that like having friends around you even in the digital space information exchange i don't know you guys are frequent contributors to sort of roblox thought community thought leadership and stuff Uh, i'm Mm -hmm. thinking of the the marketing panel you guys did with tammy vp of marketing Mm. yes um last last year two years ago uh Mm -hmm. yeah i'd say 28 Team? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was just under a year ago with Ricky the Fish. Yeah, as, oh, yeah, as yeah. well. Ricky's cool. Um, and obviously that, that's a, that's a very much that's available uh, online to, to watch. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Uh, right, yeah, so. yeah. Um, and just being able to willing willing and able to share your experiences and insights with other people is a great kind of trait to have as well. Yeah. Well, even though Roblox like presents itself as a competitive industry, what we've seen like time and time again is that when someone else succeeds they bring new players to the platform and then those players migrate across to your game it's not like on steam where they'll go and play PUBG and only play PUBG or get locked into csgo Mm. in roblox they always move around and try new things and check out new games on a weekly basis so someone else succeeding is going to help you in the long run so 
that's why we're more than happy to share our ideas and help other people do just as well as yeah. we've done. Um, yeah, it's a good thing for sure. I think there's a lot of balances to be struck in terms of work-life balance and balance communicating with other developers. Like, I mean, it's not just, we learn a lot from our own mistakes, but also learning from other people's mistakes because then you don't have to make them yourself. You know, that's mm -hmm. good. So it'd be brilliant if people could learn from our mistakes and, and the issues we've had, like releasing a game before we're confident in a data store and, you know, all these other things that there's probably quite a lot uh, we can go through, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and, and, and just making sure that those things aren't um, issues you encounter. Well, that's what this is all about, right? This is exactly. this, this is about extracting as much information mm -hmm. as we can from the top devs um, for for anyone out there that is um, aspiring to become a, a Roblox game developer themselves. So, yeah. thank you on that note for your time. Uh, it's been a great chat, and yeah, we you. are about to attend a conference in Munich. Yeah. So oh, yeah. <laughs> let's look forward to that. <laughs> this is going to be great. Yeah, into the sun. Thank you so much, guys. Thank okay. you very much. No, thank you. That was John and Alex from Block Evolution Studios sharing how they got started on Roblox and what they're getting up to on the platform. You can go to their group page on Roblox to find all their games such as Heists, Zoo Simulator, Jurassic Tycoon and more. Bye for now.